Welcome to Bites of Light with Angel and Seth Rohr. Our mission is to bring bite-sized nuggets of information to be digested as you please. Take a quick bite or stay for the whole party. Pleasure being the main component of our mission, we will also bring other humans into our space to share their magical brew with us all. Love, service, and wisdom is what we are bringing to the table. Join us in our magical kitchen, where what is being served is for your highest good. We recently attended a Celebrate Your Life event put on by Mishka Productions and CEO Liz Dawn, and we had so much good stuff to share that we couldn't get it all into one episode. So, here's another. All right, welcome back to yet another episode with myself, Seth. And Angel. And Angel. And we are not done talking not done. about Celebrate Your Life. <laughs> I mean, I There's hope, so much to celebrate. I hope they offer <laughs> a deal for promotion. What's that when you, the cross promotion deals? Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of the word right now, but we should better get a cut after this. I mean, we're going to be pitching. We're pitching the shit out of it. Anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, well done. They've been doing it for 27 Seven years. years. Yeah. 27 years. It's the second longest running event. event of its type. In our community. And woman-owned, Lisa and her mom, different Lisa, they had a calling that settled in for them 27 or 28 years ago. Arielle Wolf was her mother. And they've, they've created a powerful event. They really have mm-hmm. different than the powerful events that we've partaken in, in the past. Yeah. So love the getting it from all the different angles, right? You can never find too many places to learn and grow. So anyway, enough of our promotional, we're not getting paid for. <laughs> so we are now up to going back into a session. It was a keynote with Lisa Williams. Williams who is a genius in Mm. in her own right and so entertaining and so fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. And so now it's keynote. So we'd already spent six hours with her on the Friday. So a lot of what she was saying was like, Oh yeah, we'd kind of covered this, but it's good stuff. And people who weren't here for the pre-conference will definitely benefit from this. So I I was kind of just like, okay, well I love Lisa. So good reminders. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just refresh some things. All right. And then she's like, oh, well, yes, this is a keynote. And and Barry, I, I say poor Barry. I think he loved it. Uh, <laughs> and because he's such a genius and it gives him an opportunity to be play in his, in his genius. genius yeah. Every everybody that presented would go, hey Barry, you want to come play? Could you could you come whip up some music for me? Like no rehearsal, no like planning it, just like. Could you come whip something up for me so I can do a little meditation thing with these guys and, and get that extra level of drop them in? And he's like, sure. And it was epic. And then every nails time. every time. Like you would think they had rehearsed it, then they'd been performing it for a long time. So again, just that that power of divine loving presence for them to connect and create a, a unified message for the rest of us to connect to as well. So this time she is also going to guide us through a connection to spirit. And she says, this time, specifically, think of no one. I don't want you to think of anybody. I just want you to think of yourself in a very comfortable chair. 
and in a comfortable place where you feel safe. Well, that's easy for me. I feel safe everywhere. So I'm like, okay, big comfy armchair and anywhere on the planet. Perfect. (laughs) So then, so then it's just a, as you get up from the chair and you walk across to this picture, as you get closer, something starts, a face starts materializing. And so now we're not like, she's purposely having us not try to feed any information into this from, from our conscious mind to see what will just come through, what, what medicine is there for us to come through. And what started forming for me was the face of a woman that I didn't recognize. And she had a Native American appearance, you know, darker skin, black hair, pretty features. And, and I actually, during the course of this, and I don't know if we have even talked about this, I actually saw her at different stages in, of aging. So I saw her as a young, beautiful woman, and I saw her as an older woman who had obviously settled into her uh her crone years i think is the uh mm-hmm. is the the witch term <laughs> um but into her power as well like I, I saw that in in her as well and i'm not positive still there's still some processing around that that well, i'm sure will come in as as uh as i just allow it to be I believe, though, I, my, my inclination in the moment, I, I, I do have an ancestor who is of uh, Native American descent. That's a great, 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 great grandma or something like, along those lines. So I have a little bit of Native blood in me, but not much as far as that's concerned. But it, so I thought maybe it was her. I've never really seen pictures of her. I don't know much about her, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like somebody who had been an intimate partner. And I have had some other experiences in, in the recent past uh, during a breathwork session in particular, where I saw, initially thought I was seeing my ancestors and then realized I was seeing myself as the the medicine man or elder of, and, and I had, and I looked of Native American descent and I couldn't put a time frame on it, but it was certainly many, many years ago. I mean, the, the scenery around it was still the, you know, teepees and, and camps and, and such and such things. So, so I just thought, oh, I must be either maybe I'm accessing a past life or just some energies or something. So this, in this experience, a woman I've never met before materialized in my picture. We didn't, I don't remember a lot of interaction. Like I said, I did see her kind of through the ages and it seemed to me that she was an intimate partner from a past life who was there to acknowledge my connection to what we would refer to as Native American culture. So also in this breathwork session and in some other things that I've done, there's been part of what's coming up for me 
lately is vocals, but it's not necessarily words to songs. And sometimes what's coming up for me is a what I would describe as a Native American chanting. And there's that part of me that's like, in our society, you can't be a white boy running around going, oh, 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 and, you know, with a, with a feather on your head and not be, you know, not be considered an imposter, the very nicest and the racist more likely. So there's been some hesitation for me because I'm like, well, I don't know that that's mine to share. And uh, that, that was, that was a not so gentle nudge from best I can gather right now, the not so gentle nudge from a past life saying, yeah, you have this medicine. This medicine is in you. You're connected to it. Already used it. So use it some more. Yeah. You know, step into it and, uh, and own it. So, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, she kind of guided it to her, you know, went back to the picture and then faded away. And it took me a while to like sit with that one and lean into that one. And every time I talk about it, it seems to have a little more clarity. And part of that is new space. I'm not, I'm not skilled currently and practiced at connecting with that and communicating with that across with energies and, and ancestors and spirits and angels. Like I get the physical presences, but I'm still working through, I guess, some of the more clear communications that will, that when I'm ready, I'll be able to do that. No doubt. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was my experience with Lisa. And you also had uh, another amazing experience. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. She dropped us in and feeling safe in the space with her. I just, I completely opened. I was like, whoever wants to come in, come in. Like I completely surrendered to the process, knowing that the container was safe. I could feel it. And um, when I looked at the picture, it was very clear. It came in immediately. It was a picture of a soul brother that has crossed over on New Year's a couple of years ago. And he had a huge uh, snake python um, wrapped around his neck that hung to his knees, huge snake. And it's in a space that we would do sacred ceremony in all the time. So I saw the picture, but also saw the entire space where this picture is housed. And for me, that place is a portal. Lots of magic and lots of medicine has happened in that space. And being directed and guided back to that space was so soul-filling for me. And also the remembrance, because we know how grief works. When it's deep, sometimes we can't access that channel or choose not to. And his death was great medicine for me. It took me deep into the depths of darkness for a long time. And I was very grateful for the people that I had surrounding me to help me out of that space. And the magic and the medicine that came out of that, I had to close it and not access it for years 
to integrate everything that happened. And I'm still, I'm still learning and pulling medicine that that had, and I will write about that that adventure. It's it's coming closer to fruition. But his message for me was also to remember my connection to music. Our connection was to music, rock and roll, <laughs> 80s rock to be exact, which is hilarious. And also the higher vibrational frequency music. They that family is is part of the introduction to the higher frequency music that that is now calling me in. So I see this this storyline coming to fruition in new ways that I didn't see before. When you're in grief, sometimes your channel's blocked. So and it's okay to take time and allow things to process to have it open again. And what just dropped in for me for you is that might be part of it too. You're still integrating, accessing this other partner. It takes time for that medicine to come through. Mm-hmm. Because the first time we debriefed about it, you didn't even have that much. And you already a couple of days later have more. Yeah. Sure. So that that is a big takeaway. Yes, we're all spirit. We all have soul baskets, but everybody has different densities, you know, depending on what vibration you're sitting at. You can't always hold all the information. It's, you know, it messes with your brain when you're, when, when you're doing this kind of work, you have to go slow and honor where you're at. And some pieces will come in really fast and some pieces may take years and it's okay. Yeah. That, as you say that it's your brain can only stretch as far as it can stretch, right? It's just like your body. If you can't touch the floor with your fingers, when you bend over me jumping up and down on your back is just going to hurt you. You might touch the floor, but what's going to break or snap in the process. When we do this work and we meditate and we, and we stretch our, our spirit body to connect in ways that we haven't connected because we've been suppressing it since birth, because we were told you have to be this way to, to survive and, and essentially. And so we took all those things on like, okay, I'm going to be that because I want to be included and I want to survive. So we buried it all down and we've been so removed from it that we're not, it's like when we were born, we were infinitely flexible, just like a gymnast. And then we took however many years off and you don't get to step right back into that, or you will hurt yourself when people do it. People like to blame drugs for psychotic breaks. And here is an interesting theory I'm going to share. The drugs are the gateway. Hallucinogenic drugs will expand your mind. And when you take too many, they'll expand your mind beyond what your mind's capable. They are the person jumping up and down on your back. The drugs become that person jumping up and down on your back, getting you to touch your toes, whether you're capable of it or not. And if you're not, then something snaps. And this creates this psychotic break. I, I am and have been for a number of years, going on 20 years in the fire service doing emergency medicine. And I encounter it for the first time in my life. It makes sense when I see people that are having what we call psychosis and they're on drugs and I see it now, I see that the problem is not that, that the drugs have melted their brain, although that can happen over time too, not to dismiss that as an, as a, a thing that happens, on a spiritual level, but talking. right on, on a physical level, yes, the brain can, you know, has its physical damages, but when you take these drugs, your spirit body and your mental body are launched and 
And we do this with breath work. We can, you can do this with plant medicine in controlled environments with people who know how to facilitate it, or you can get the same issue as using street drugs. Um, if you don't, and you can do it with just meditation. So as we practice these things, we, we go as far as we can and we slowly get further. But when, when you use artificial means to get there and you go beyond what your ego is ready to accept, it can cause this break, this disassociation break that presents like psychosis to those that are not aware of anything beyond the end of their nose anything beyond what their eyeballs can see on, on this 3d planet. So that that's a little bit of a tangent, but uh, you know, it, it ties ident- in. I can identify with it though, because right. even somebody, I would consider myself advanced with the work that I have done. And when this human died, I was living in his house, sleeping in his old bedroom. And there were days that I thought I was going crazy, that he was there, that I, I could feel him. I was talking to him and, and, you know, there's this space of, is this real? Am I crazy? Am I, you know, I had to shut down the channel because my, my brain and my heart couldn't connect, couldn't align enough to f- feel like I was sane because there was so much grief. And there was also a whole bunch of other 3D issues going on where I did not feel where I was physically safe. And so you add in lack of safety and then this huge mind-blowing expansion that you that I physically could not comprehend. I did feel like I was going to be going through a psychotic break and I wasn't on drugs. <laughs> you know? So you can only comprehend what you can comprehend and, and you have to honor yourself in that space. And so I chose to shoot that, shut that channel down and and stop communication with him because. I mentally could not process it. And so the fact that he came through this weekend or, you know, at, at this event, I allowed the reconnection. I allowed that space. And I feel centered and aligned. So I know I have gone through my grief process enough now that I can allow that connection to happen and I can stay centered now. Whereas two years ago, I couldn't. Yeah. And it also happens on a, a more passive playing field with dream time. So when you're in dream time, many people who say, oh, I don't dream. It's not because they don't, because we all dream. People who don't think they dream is because their mind, their conscious mind They're not puts a block up. Because they've gone into a thing that their conscious mind's not willing to or able to face. Carlos Castaneda talks about it in his in his books, where he is practicing to go into conscious dream time, go into dream time consciously, and actually apply your will to your dream, which is a practice that can be done. It takes uh, it takes devotion and commitment. And in that, there were times where he would, in his early books, would write this story. And it's like, oh, that's, wow, that's really cool. And then in the later books, he revisited it when his mind was actually able to process the in-depth of what truly happened in those dream walks. And it just is what it is. You'll access it when you can access it. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it'll, as like you said, more may settle in, more may drop in around my connection around who this woman really was and, and it will, when it does, and I'm not gonna, I'm just allow it to be what it is now and allow it to be what it is when it drops in later and changes. (laughs) Exactly. So yes, allowing and flowing when you know you're being held in sacred space, you got to go in and do the work. And stretching. Stretch it. Stretching that spiritual and mental muscle. Don't expect it to happen overnight. You commit to the process. You commit to the practice. You commit to being open and allow it to happen. When you get into these guided situations, do it without resistance. Especially when you find these talented practitioners. They're the ones that can help. They're the one that is like going to the trainer. You say, hey, I can't touch my toes anymore. They say, we can get you back there and I can help you get there a little faster because I know how to push you just enough that it speeds up your, your recovery, but not so much that we hurt you. That's right. So that's where the practice comes in. That's where the teachers come in, but they're not there to give you anything you don't have. They're just there to help you get back what you already have. Remind you and reactivate you. Yeah. You are the magic. Mm-hmm. Now we all are just remembering that. And we are down to the last, yeah, the last presenter. We've kind of been going in chronological order of the, of the event. So the last presenter was a keynote on Sunday, late afternoon, mid-afternoon. I guess mm-hmm. we finished about 5 p.m. So mid-afternoon. And if you have never done one of these events, it sounds like a short period of time, right? With Friday morning, Sunday afternoon, there's only one full day in there in between. But when you're going into, it's one thing to sit and listen to somebody lecture. Like it's one thing to sit and listen to the keynotes and be like, oh yeah, that's a powerful message that inspires, right? You know, the the keynotes, that's their that's generally what you're bringing them in for. And the workshoppers and some of the keynote presenters also provide an opportunity to connect with your higher self. And when you sit in these three or four times in a day where you open up, connect to your higher self, connect to source, drop in and have these sort of things, like you say, it takes a fair amount of energy. Time becomes relative. Like I felt like we were gone for months. Like when you, when you get into that space, time doesn't exist. Yeah. Time is time as we practice it on this planet is a human creation. Time is neither linear nor sequential. So anyway, when you drop in, like you're saying, when you drop in to those spaces, time is it's different because we're stepping out of linear time when you, when you connect with source. So that being said, to explain going into this, yes, it was three o'clock in the afternoon and we were like this close to going, I don't know if I have the energy. Like that's the conversation we were having. I don't know if we have the energy to go. Like it's just another keynote speaker. They're going to rah, rah, pom poms. Which is not a fair assessment of the keynote speakers. The keynote speakers were were really good. But there does come a point where you have to say, do I or do I not have the energy to be present? Because if you're not going to go and be present, stay and be asleep or whatever you want to do. So that there's a little check in there. And I just thought, 
And, and I said, you know what? It's the last thing. I, I think I'm going to go either way. And then I think for you, that was probably the, the push. To go. I, I stay in the moment. Yeah. And so in the morning, I'm not a morning person. So in the morning, getting up and getting ready for that one, I'm like, I don't know if I can go all day, but I have learned to stay in the moment because yeah. you just never know what you're going to feel like five hours later, four hours later. And so after lunch, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm good to go. So we had a little break between workshops and this final keynote. So we took a little rest and then we went in to see a gentleman by the name of Matt Kahn, K-A-H-N. Yeah. I would have spelled Bernstein and Goldstein, but I would have butchered them. Anyway, so again, big shocker. I had no idea who this guy is. He probably had, if not the biggest fan club there of the weekend, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest fan clubs there. So he was obviously well-known by a number of people who were attending. I think you were somewhat aware of him. Yep. Yeah, I follow him on Facebook oh, yeah. and have watched some. So I, I knew who he was and was excited to be in his presence there. Yeah. But so I didn't I, know what his messaging was. I just, I know who he is. Yeah. And I've felt his energy come across the waves, but that's about it. So I have no idea who he is. So I'm in my mind thinking, okay, back to the same old, like, let's just show off his beginners, fresh new eyes. Yeah. Just stay open, be present be open to what he has to offer, to hear it, to, to listen to it and, and hear it, truly hear it without filters, without my brain hear going. It. Yeah. So it's a good barometer. If you are wondering what your level of listening is, if you are truly a listener, yeah, what your level of listening is. When you're listening, are you thinking of a response as the person's talking? Or are you allowing yourself to just stay stay focused on their words? And then when they finish speaking, then okay, I'm gonna formulate a thought like and even let you know, you can let them know if it's something that causes an awkward silence. But if your mind is thinking of other things, if you're thinking about how you're gonna to respond to them, if you're thinking about how what they're saying isn't good or it's it is good or it's you know wrong or right, or then you're not truly in the moment and and listening, you're not really hearing them. You are hearing what you want to through the filters of your beliefs and ideas that you brought to that moment. So just a little barometer thing that you can, awareness, you can have running and running in your mind. So if you're sitting there listening to somebody and going, man, my mind is everywhere, but right here, I am not listening. Or you're chomping at the bit to respond. You're not really listening. You're just wanting to be, you're just wanting to talk. And you're like, okay, are you done yet? So I can talk. Just some listening practice. If you can, if you can truly push those things out and give your 100% presence and attention to someone when they're speaking, they'll feel it. You want to make a difference in people's lives, practice that skill. Anyway, another side note. So I brought that, you know, that's something I've been practicing myself. And I brought that to Matt. I'm going to listen with all of me. And he started talking. And again, another language that I don't know, but his is pretty basic, right? He doesn't try to overcomplicate it. He is all about the love. It just, I love you. I love you. And love is the light that conquers all. We never need get in the mud 
because then you're just in the mud, right? So other than a whole lot of, of making us say, I love you to ourselves, which was, you know, powerful for most people, probably for all people who really open up to it and aren't just saying the words, but lean into meaning it because how many of us do that, right? How many of us, how many of us stand in a mirror and go, Oh, you ugly, worthless, ugh, like I can't even stand the side of you. Like we do that. I would say most people are very comfortable having judgmental thoughts. Yeah. Destructive thoughts about themselves. But how comfortable are you looking in the mirror and saying, you are fucking amazing, man, you're, you're attractive or, and not even getting into judgment, just you are love. I love you. I love that I'm here. I'm, I love that I get to be in this body, whatever state it's in, in the moment. I just, I'm so grateful. This is where I get to be. And I, and I love you. When was the last time you stood in the front of a mirror and said that? Well, Matt sits at the front of the room to be the mirror. And he's like the mirror from Snow White. That's all good. If you know, good, that's all light and no darkness. And he doesn't tell you your future or tell you that you're not the fairest in the land. He says, love, see the love that you are. And I will reflect it back to you. He's the love mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved his language around boundaries and Mm -hmm. the self-care piece. I'm sure that's why a lot of the women there resonated with his message because he has clear messaging and excellent language on boundary setting and, and holding yourself and self-care and the love piece. Yeah. And, and a topic we haven't even gotten into, which we will, I'm sure, dive into another day of, around masculine and feminine energies. And his, his energy is very much more feminine, which will also explain why so many women are like, we love you, man. He's a safe uh, space. He's safe. But I appreciate it because that's part of my journey at this time is connecting with my feminine energy more. So I love the opportunity to sit in that space and be welcomed into that space and be nurturing and supporting and loving of myself with a bunch of other people. You know, it's, it's part of my practice. So it didn't necessarily feel awkward, but I like, oh, you want me to sit here and say, I love you with all of you. Yes. Thank you. Please. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Like it. Yeah, it was great. And he drives the point home, but it's, it's done so playfully and meaningfully with his presence, because that's the other thing as a presenter, people know if you're there or not hundred percent. And he was there. and. As I'm listening, I'm also practicing my connection with source. And, and I say, so how would I know if this guy that I don't know from Adam is legit or if he's just a really good con man? How will I know? Help me see is the, the question to higher self. Help me see if this is true. And another practice that I have, have been bringing in over the years is undoings, which is probably a whole other episode in and of itself too. But it's basically just doing things differently than how you normally would. So oftentimes when I'm shaving or whatever, I will, as well as telling myself, I love you. As I look in the mirror, 
I'll just let my eyes go out of focus. Because who says that we are supposed to see things the way that we think we're supposed to see things? So this is an undoing. So I just sat there and my eyes just kind of went out of focus while I was still giving my attention to him. And I just let him be there. And the next thing I know, I see Don Miguel Ruiz Sr.'s face on Matt's face. And Miguel Ruiz, as many of you may know, is the author of The Four Agreements and the father of Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., naturally, who we discussed in a previous episode, who was also a presenter here at the CYL event. And Miguel, through a series of different events in life, has found himself. And he is, I believe, a very clear mirror of the truth of life that is divine love. And that was it. That was my answer. He is Miguel. Miguel is him. And we all are. That connection was there. He had that connection to, he was tied into that divine love in that moment. So that was, uh, that was a very interesting experience on that level. So getting to just be in that divine feminine energy of love and not that love is exclusive to feminine energy, but that compassionate mothering as we think of it sort of energy and know that he was there to reflect that back to us and not there to try to sell us anything that was was very powerful i'm trying to remember if there was was more well that was the biggest like that's obviously the thing that that, that has sat the, the deepest for me well and you can feel you can feel the truth of of what seth was sharing you can you can tangibly feel it and i felt that several times throughout this weekend, indeed with Matt, absolutely. But then with my own experiences with Grandma Sarita coming through and Miguel Sr. coming through for for Seth, it just truly shows that we are multidimensional beings. Yes, Sarita's crossed over, but Miguel isn't. And he is still here. Right. And so it it opens our awareness up to there is more than what the humans know and it's okay to lean into the unknown because look at the magic that comes out when you choose to lean in, when you choose to say yes, when you choose love over fear. These are the kind of things that happen, but you got to take action for those things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a small scale, you know, science has already shown tangible evidence for the analytical mind that there is colors we can't see and sounds we can't hear. Our our human body, science has proven that it's limited in its current configuration. As we stretch the, so we have the physical body and the emotional body, the spiritual body and the mental body, which encompasses all of it. And as we stretch those connections and flex those muscles, we can begin to see past the limitations of the physical body even if only in our mind. That's where it happens first, because the mental body is the most flexical. Flexical? (laughs) That's fucking hilarious, because that's what my daughter used to say when she was like three years old, because she couldn't pronounce flexible. And it stuck with you. (laughs) Yeah. So 
got to get flexible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so stay flexible. Yeah. Stay open. And when you feel the hit, take action in whatever form that looks like for you. And I'm sure we'll be sharing more on all of the things. But as far as the weekend, I think that's. Yeah, yeah I think that kind of wraps up the the weekend. I just, you know, I, I, I would highly recommend anybody that needs, that's feeling the desire for more just love blasting in their life. Like look Matt up. I'm sure he's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what he's bringing. Love, love, love. And I couldn't agree with him more. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I'm bringing too. Thank that's you to message. all that were there. Yeah. And uh, hear the call to listen to our episodes and sit with what comes up with for you yeah. and take action. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And, and if you have questions, let us know. Mm-hmm. We would love to answer your questions, you know, present them and answer your questions live. Absolutely. Or on, you know, on the podcast. So, and uh, on our videos. So yeah. Shoot us any questions. Everything is Roar Revolution, right? Roar, Roar, R-O-H-R-E-R Revolution on Instagram. And it's Facebook. hello at roarrevolution.com. That's the email. Oh, I would say follow us and they could DM us. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Email us at hello at roarrevolution.com or follow us on Instagram, and. Facebook, and or all of the above. Yeah. And let us know. Let us know if you have any questions, your big takeaways, all of the above. All right. Thanks for being here. We value your time and, and uh, appreciate when people choose to spend it with us. And we'll see you on the next episode. As always, I'm Seth. I'm Angel. We'll see you on the next one. All of our love. Thank you for sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a ratings and review. Hey, did you know that both Angel and Seth have books coming out in 2023? Stay tuned and follow us on all social media platforms at Bites of Light, B-Y-T-E-S-O-F-L-I-G-H-T. Thanks again, and we look forward to sharing space with you again soon. Mm -hmm.